1: Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
3: Welcome back, Wrestling Inc. It is me, the new managing editor, Nick Hausman, and you are listening to the very first episode of... The Winkly, every Thursday morning you're going to check right here the Wrestling Inc. Audio Channel, get a brand new episode of The Winkly, an hour or so of some of uh, the hard work I've put in, getting interviews and other original content here for the site for you today. Uh, we've got an interview here today with David Arquette, former WCW champion. We're also going to talk with current X Division champion Brian Cage. we got a sound bite a clip I got to ask a question on the Moose and Eddie Edwards Impact Media call earlier today. We're going to throw that in as well. But we're going to start and end the show with some professionalism. This is the very first episode of The Winkley. And when I have to talk about the news, what the topical things going on in wrestling, the business of professional wrestling, the business of professional wrestling journalism, there's one person that I have on speed dial, number one, right there, top left corner. It's the man of the hour right now joining me from Sports Illustrated, Justin Barrasso. Justin, thank you very much for joining me here.
1: Nick, thank you very much for pumping my tires too. I appreciate it. No, I'm thrilled to be with you. Congrats on the new position, and uh, I'm looking forward to listening, but also looking forward to being part of the show today. Thank Th- you again for having me.
3: Thank you, Justin. Before we got on the air, you said so. You said such nice things about me, and I'm kind of a weirdo. I was always kind of like a high school nerd, right? I'm, I'm a wrestling. I'm a pro. I grew up to be a pro wrestling managing editor of a journalism site. So <laughs> I appreciate when people say nice things, but it kind of you know makes my lizard skin crawl a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I think the key thing too is, and whether people like your stuff or they don't like your stuff or the same goes with me, I think, you know, I think it's like a, a band of brothers or a family. It's a unique field covering wrestling because, uh, you know, whether you're right or wrong or people like you, they don't. Uh, people are passionate. And I think that, uh, again, I, I think covering this business is a, is a privilege and I, I really respect those, and there, there are a lot of them. And a lot of us were together in San Fran, and a lot of us were together in Chicago uh, for the different shows. It was fun to be together. But man, it's fun when you have uh, some like-minded people who are just, even if they think differently about the business, that's fine. But you know, passionate and want to want to kind of kind of show it, show off a different lens of pro wrestling to uh, to some of the readers and viewers and listeners out there. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who who spends too much of every day. Uh, digesting wrestling content. I I read whatever I can. I listen when I can and so forth. Uh, No, you've got my respect.
3: Thank you very much, Justin. You know, I I try to do my best as far as sourcing stuff, but you're like me. I like to be out in the field. You know, I like to be out on site talking to the wrestlers, getting photos, getting that firsthand coverage. I know that's why we get to see each other. And uh, so what we're going to do here later in the show, at the end of the show, after all the interviews and everything, Justin and I are going to come back, and we're going to talk about our memories and what what the pro wrestling world learned from this uh, this little event that happened here in Chicago called All In. It's about a month ago. We're about a month removed now from All In. So I thought it was a good time to bring Justin on. We both sat side by side. He made the uh, s- staff people wait extra long into the night to uh, to, uh, to let us uh, upload our content. So we'll get to that here at the end of the show. So we're definitely going to talk all in the ramifications of that event. But here at the top of the Nick, show, Nick, yes. there were
1: a couple of there were a couple of bets too. I'd love to discuss those with you at that part of the show as well.
3: Whatever, whatever, man. When we get to the all in section, baby, you know we're going to just let it go. We're just going to let it roll <laughs> here. Um, I'm all about it. But uh, at the top of the show here each week, we like to talk about uh, the big news of the week, a uh, couple couple stories that everyone's buzzing about. Of course, that's what we do at Wrestling Inc. is is bring you the news each and every moment of every day, and uh, you know. We're going to talk to Super Showdown. We're going to definitely get to that. There was a topic I talked about on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, though, uh, earlier today. And we're recording this on Wednesday night, uh, releasing it Thursday. Um, but it was the, the raw ratings, Justin. And that, before we get to the Super Showdown card, I just wanted to get your, your personal thought on the... I feel like it's like a boomerang every year around this time. Doom and gloom. Ratings are low. Business in the toilet. I mean, do, do you feel that way or is it different this
1: time? Uh, A little of both, I think for sure. I mean, WWE's it's a roller coaster, and I mean the the you hit the climax at WrestleMania. So we haven't even hit the you know in a plot structure, we even a story arc. We haven't even hit the we haven't even hit the rising action yet to get to the turning point to to get to the climax. So we still we still got a ways to go. But I think a big thing about WWE right now, one thing you can't critique is their business model. Their business model is so good right now that even though Raw, which is their A show, their signature show, weekly show, weekly program, Raw has not been good for the last couple months. And that's someone who, watched, who I mean, I, I watch WWE. I want to enjoy every week. Um, and I think a lot of it is the fact it's three hours. But the show, I, I even, I'm excited to see Shawn Michaels, you know, back on television each week. But, man, should that have closed the show? I, I just don't know. I think Raw's had so many different problems creatively and in terms of execution. Um, that it's showing in the ratings people don't want to watch nevertheless it's a unique time to be a wrestling fan because again wwe's model is just so successful right now that they really don't need the weekly rating like they would have in 1998 for instance (laughs) so
3: yeah yeah you know and, and you you had me you were talking playwright to me you were talking rising action building to the climax I love it right um, they've taken that and they've thrown it out the window justin you know and the model you just described which is we are going to make a ton of money whether or not people actually want to watch this product or not that's a very volatile model man you know I well, if, I don't think
1: that's their intent I don't think their no. intent is to is to put out 3 hours of of subpar television every week I think they want raw to be good but yeah. I, they clearly have not found the right formula. I mean, every time I want to I invest in the Kevin Owens character, something happens where I can't. Or uh, I thought, like, Liz Pastoral was an interesting example with Elias. They had the crowd in the palm of their hand. And I thought the Leo Rush interview was too long. I don't know. Everything. We can nitpick all day. Right. But um, I think overall, I think, you know, and it's- the market dictates what the market dictates. And right now, the product is not very strong. And the ratings show it.
3: Yeah, and it's night and day. I think SmackDown's a great product right now. I, I love watching SmackDown right now. I think there's a lot to like. There's some there's some silliness in there. You know, uh, Mr. Booty's worth getting some pancake batter in his top hat. But there's a lot of emotional – there's some high emotional stakes over on SmackDown with Joe and AJ, Becky and Charlotte. Uh, even the Rusev-Aiden English thing has got some it's got some uh, fire to it
1: right now. So Nick, I, Absolutely. It's the best – Uh, weekly television show, weekly wrestling television show. That's the best one, in my opinion, in the world, The SmackDown. I love watching it every week. Two hours is is just enough to wet your whistle but leave you wanting a little bit – give you what you want but still leave you wanting a little bit more. I like the cast they have there. If you like AJ Styles, they have Nakamura, Daniel Bryan. Uh, There's just so many stars there. The New Day. Yeah, I can't say enough good things – about SmackDown, but I think I think if you flip those rosters, and I'm curious your opinion, if you flip the Raw roster and the SmackDown roster, I think you're having the same problems every. I I don't think it much changes. I think you're yeah. still running into headaches on Monday night with that extra hour. Well, and you know, and NXT is also a great product right now. I ha- I don't, I
3: want to say what a straight face 205 live is, but I would only be saying that to sound hip. I need to get back in the habit, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. But NXT, you know, it's the NXT bridge. To the main roster, it's it's the bridge between Raw and SmackDown. I feel like it it all flows back to you know when you get to the the most lucrative or supposedly lucrative of of all the platforms, Raw. Something something happens. I don't know what it is. I I I, I don't. It, I, actually, I think I do know what it is. Right. I don't want to sit here and be verbose. It's got to be political, right? It's got to be the backstage atmosphere, the the chain of command, the writing structure has to be different for Raw than SmackDown or NXT, right?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's clear that Vince McMahon spends more time at Raw than he does on SmackDown. But I, I still wonder, even if Vince was there for every moment of SmackDown on Tuesday, I, I, j- I just think you're right, part of it's political, part of it's that extra hour. That extra hour, which is great for business because of the ad revenue it generates, is uh, in terms of for the content viewer, three hours is such. A, and pro baseball is having the same problem, major League baseball with long games. People don't want to watch. Three hours is such – and I know there's commercials too, but that's such a long time to commit to one program. It is – and sometimes, I, I, again, as a WWE, someone who watches and enjoys their product, I feel like some weeks they don't know what they're giving you. Are they giving you pro wrestling? Are they giving you a show about pro wrestling? Are they giving you a show that also features pro wrestling? I feel like some weeks they don't know themselves. And that was a, that was a TNA problem for a long time, and that's a recipe for disaster too. Yeah. I think politics is a part of it, Nick. But I I think it's only a piece. All right. Well, with that,
3: that brings us to WWE Super Showdown. Uh, They're going down under to Australia, um, and uh, they've got 10 matches on this card. Uh, We'll go over them here real quick. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this already. I mean, but um, we'll start here at the bottom. We'll work our way to the top. Uh, WWE Cruiserweight champion Cedric Alexander is going to be defending against Buddy Murphy. I said earlier, I feel bad. I had basically all of September off, and I'm not even going to lie when I just say I turned off the phone, the TV, I fell off and kind of wanted to come back to wrestling with a fresh set of eyes. I know I was really liking what Buddy Murphy was doing. Uh, when I left, I thought he was bringing a lot of uh, enthusiasm to the, the division. I like Cedric Alexander, but Buddy Murphy's my guy here. I would love to see a Buddy Murphy Cruiserweight Championship reign.
1: And I wonder, I think that, that draws an interesting point too, looking back at the Saudi Arabia show – the Greatest Royal Rumble. Is this a glorified house show like The Greatest Royal Rumble was? Because if it is, I don't think any titles will change hands. I think Alexander, I think it's a good opportunity for them. I actually hope that opens the card. I do think it's a great opportunity for those guys, for those two to impress, um, especially at such a big stage like this. But I wonder if, again, if we're going the same route we went in Saudi, where it's kind of a table setter for the next show. And I think this is a glorified house show that's a table setter, really for Survivor Series. Excuse me. Uh, to get to Saudi Arabia to get the Survivor Series, (laughs) and I I don't think we're gonna see a whole lot of uh, necessarily major storyline activity. But they want.
3: I think if you're gonna do a title change on this show, because there's really there's that's the one. There's this, and then there's the WWE Championship, and then the SmackDown. No, there's there's four title matches on this card, but this would be the one I would think you would do the title switch on.
1: I agree. If if a title is to change, this is it. My personal opinion. No titles change hands. But, I hope, again, I think it's a great – I just hope with a 10-match card, I think there's no limit on the network. I hope they get a good 12, 15 minutes. You can do a lot in that time, and I hope those two guys open the show to a hot crowd. I think it would be a really nice way. Like I think the Cruiserweight title match should open WrestleMania next year. It uh, would be a great opportunity to highlight that title. That opening match, man, it's the crowd. You and I were there at all in. Oh. We were there at Mania. That opening match, the crowd is is ready to go. Like that's a great chance when you want to get a brand over with that two hundred five title. Uh, that'd be a nice chance to do it.
3: And and I really like Buddy Murphy. He's he's. Uh, I mean, he looks incredible first of all, but he's got so much versatility. He's not big enough necessarily to go out there in the main event, but he is the perfect uh, type to be a uh, you know almost in the vein of Neville a little bit uh, in in the cruiserweight division. Um, uh, you know. And we said that match, if that was a match, I don't know. Now I'm starting to second guess myself here as I'm looking at the card. Because I also see the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, New Day defending against the bar. I think you could do that as a title change, too.
1: I don't think it matters. Yeah, again, I just don't think we're going to see a lot of of story. I think they're going to show off their talent. They're going to highlight their talent. But it's not going to really – I don't know. Not that it's not going to mean anything because the show obviously means something. But I think it's going to be the the house show type where you see some – some action and it's fun and, and guys get time in their matches or people get time in their matches, but I, I don't, I don't foresee the new day dropping the titles in Australia either.
3: Hmm. Uh, we also talking tag team action, Oscar, and Naomi, newly formed tandem here taking on the Iconics, uh, the Iconics, I would think would, are they going to be over like Grover here down under, right? They're the, the hometown duo.
1: I would hope so. And that's a good chance for them. I hope that Again, I I think the the interesting thing about WWE is even when the storyline's not there, there's such talented wrestlers on the roster, the the women and the men, that the the pay-per-views are good just because the wrestling's great. But I hope we also see some, I don't want to say content, but I hope we get to see some, you know, hear the iconics cut a promo on the way to the ring. And I hope the crowd is fired up for it. I hope Buddy Murphy gets to cut a promo on Cedric Alexander before that match. I hope that we get a chance to hear, especially from the people that maybe need that extra boost in terms of getting over or getting over, elevating themselves to that next level, Nick. I hope they get a chance to maybe get a little mic time. Again, this is a card where you should be able to explore and have fun and you're not competing against anyone. and, And that you're the only show in town. So I hope that it's on the network. I hope that they give an opportunity to, for instance, the Iconics to cut a promo before the match or if they win and the crowd's going nuts after the match. I I do think there's a lot of possibility, even if the show is a table setter. I think it's it's going to be an important one.
3: Okay. now, 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 let's let's be real here. WWE has a penchant for having wrestlers lose in their hometown. Uh, Do you think that's what happens here with the Iconics? Do you think they they stand a chance of picking up a victory or you think they're going
1: to take the pinfall here? I think if this was 7 they'd lose. I think they come away victorious.
3: Uh, t- Naomi would be the one to, to pin, I would be guess not Asuka.
1: I, I, <laughs> you know what? It wouldn't shock me if Oscar took the pin, but <laughs> I certainly hope it's Naomi.
3: Man, you're not wrong. It's just like, what's happened? You know, what's happened? Uh, let's move over. Uh, I'll, I'll pin this one. We're a little out of order here. I want to talk John Cena, Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Elias. Man, after Monday... I hope Owens and Elias win. I mean, I hope they I hope they pin John Cena. The excuses that Renee Young and the other commentators have to make up for why John Cena isn't there and Bobby Lashley is representing the team and stuff, it's pretty, it's, I don't know, it's almost gotten to the point where it's made me a little, like, anti-John Cena in a way.
1: Great point. I thought Monday was interesting. It just seemed like it was obvious they were going to have Cena show up and then Leo Rush came instead. The crowd was dying for a Cena appearance, it felt like to me. I agree to me. It's one of those things where why would you ever want to highlight? And I know the crowd wants to see if they want to see John Cena and they're going to get the chance to see him, but I agree have, have Cena and, and Lashley bump heads and one guy gets knocked out and the other guy gets pinned. And then you could have so much fodder for Owens and Elias to, to feed off the next couple weeks of raw that they pin John Cena or they beat this team and Cena's not coming back anytime. And then, you know, he won't be back on television anyway. So you may as well allow him, you know, he can you can use him in that storyline now. So I agree. I think that'd be a great opportunity. I am with you. I hope Cena takes the pinfall. I again I assume that that he doesn't, but I would love, love, that would be a big turn of events. If John Cena takes the pinfall, let Owens pin him, let Elias pin. Him. Either way, that'd be great fodder for them the next couple of weeks on television.
3: They could both pin him, right? They do, do the dog pile thing, right? You know, just they...
1: The, and then they can argue about who pinned him like that. There's there's so many ways. If you if they beat Cena, there's so many things you can do with it. And all of a sudden, Cena's relevant on 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 Raw on Raw every week too, because well, they can mention him as an easy feud when he comes back if you decide to go that route. But I agree. I, I would love to see those two win.
3: Let's not pretend that Kevin Owens hasn't been one of John Cena's greatest nemesis in uh, WWE. He has. He he was great. Um, I want to talk. Let's move over here to Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Uh, You know, again, I was kind of I was I'm so convinced that Miz is going to win this. But then when I sit and I think about how SmackDown ended with Miz Costi, Daniel Bryan, the match to to Shelton Benjamin, it's hard for me to think that Daniel Bryan looks dumb on the go home show and then also loses. And (laughs) I don't know. Right. I mean, that's just wrestling math. Right. I don't. Right. I does. Does Daniel Bryan? It
1: seems too early for him to beat the Miz. It does, and I know it look, makes Brian look dumb. My theory on this is the Miz has to continually outsmart Daniel Bryan every single time. Not to make Brian look I mean, Brian should look bad because of it, but only because it makes that that end of that story, that climax when, when Brian beats Miz for the title. I assume that's the direction they're going. That Miz is the one to dethrone. I'm giving away my next prediction too, but the Miz is the one to dethrone AJ Styles. He's the one to reclaim the WWE championship. I think you have the Miz come out on top. Every, I love the way they played it so far. Every time he should outsmart Daniel Bryan. Every major match he should get that win, until Bryan beats him for the title. If that's the way they're going, I think it's brilliant, and I hope they continue it.
3: Yeah, because you know you have you have. I think you're absolutely right, and I think you have Miz beat AJ Styles. You can do uh, a little bit there, then you can have Miz Shinsuke Nakamura kind of rinse and repeat with another fan favorite, and then get yourself to Royal Rumble where Bryan. Wins that, and this is the you know the the show is on right spotlight
1: action. Let's get let's get to it here. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be people who will complain about it, but man, I think that by and large, if it's told correctly, I think people will eat that storyline up, and that's that's a compelling, captivating storyline.
3: Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. Talking about compelling, captivating storylines. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch, her first title defense, uh, as she's very happy to tell you, will be against Charlotte Flair here. Um. No complaints at all with what they're doing with Becky Lynch right now, or Charlotte for that matter. This is maybe my favorite feud in wrestling, uh, in WWE at least right now. Um, I hope. I mean, I I hope Becky wins and just keeps keeps on rolling.
1: And I love how I know Raw is the A show, and they they've got to promote themselves. When Raw, I feel like when Raw ends with a female a women in the main event, you hear about oh it's it's revolutionary, it's women on the main event. When SmackDown ends with women in the main event. It feels so natural. It's just a part of the show. I feel like that. I don't know if there's two bigger stars. I mean, AJ Styles is there too, but Charlotte and Becky Lynch are two of the biggest stars. I don't care about the gender in WWE. That feud to me is pure money. That feud is so much fun. It, it's just what I love about wrestling, not what I love about women's wrestling or dude, no one. No one calls it men's wrestling. Sometimes I get to know called women's wrestling. It's just wrestling. It's a great feud. I love that it's closed out a couple different Smackdowns. I agree. Yep. Becky Lynch is red hot. Keep going with it. I don't know if she has to cheat to win or if she it, I don't I I agree. Have Lynch continue. It I'm with you. If it's not my favorite thing in wrestling right now, it's definitely in the top 3.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Lynch goes on. Charlotte she'll do a handshake and I'll I'll, I'll get you next time when I've earned my next opportunity. I I love that they haven't done the double turn with Charlotte. Charlotte still is she's she's playing you know, to the best of her ability, a baby face here. The crowd wouldn't tell you that. They they're booing her and cheering be- Becky. But these two women, they know what they're doing, and it's very it's it's a very well told story here. Over on the wrong one, rock- of, the, one oh. of
1: the biggest, you know, one of the most interesting storylines I think behind the curtain is what do you do if your WWE in this Becky Lynch surge doesn't stop? Which shouldn't be viewed as a problem. It sh- should be viewed as I mean, this is a surge. This is great. Like I, I hope they're making are thinking about making plans. I know it's the Charlotte Ronda Rousey match we thought we wanted to see, or people thought they wanted to see. Maybe it's Becky Lynch in that match. Maybe Becky's the superstar. I mean, I hope it is. I I think Becky Lynch is extremely talented. She represents the brand perfectly. I thought that she was misused for a while there. There are some similarities to Steve Austin. She had the injury. Uh, She was out of the business. Uh, There's a lot of similarities. She's got a great story. And there's something to be said, Nick, about getting your opportunity and making the most of it and she moved mm-hmm. without the ball for a long time too and now she has it and she's making the most of it yeah, i'm a big becky lynch fan i hope it continues
3: well you invoked ronda rousey's name she'll be teaming with the bella twins to take on the riot squad um and i would it, my my gut says that the riot squad's gonna win here because ronda rousey and nikki bella i would guess uh, i think one or the other gonna cost each other the match here i think this is where we're, we're going to start to move into the direction of that program.
1: Reminds me of the Survivor Series match with the Hearts. First, there was Jerry Lawler in the Knights, then it Was Shawn Michaels in the Knights, the one in Boston. was that 94? My my years correct? I think it was 94. And 95 was Chuck Norris. I, I think I'm right. Um, anyway, it, it pl- I, I think it's going to plant the seeds of dissension, right? It's going to plant the seeds of the turn, which you did with Brett and I'm not comparing this match that the Brett Noe and Hart by any means, but no, a lot think... of
3: similarities there with Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella.
1: Don't, sti- don't me your, your, your comparison here. I do think we plant the seat. I don't think we'll see a full fledged heel turn, especially with Brie Bella in the match because Brie's Bree's a baby face. And she's going to be aligned with Daniel Bryan as she should. But I do think that we start to, we start to see the, the turn from Nikki Bella and ooh, I think that starts this ooh, Saturday.
3: Ooh, I'm in. Okay, I'm. I'm thinking outside the box real fast. I got a premonition here. I'm prognosticating. My groundhog. I'm born on groundhog's day. My groundhog senses are kicking in right now, Justin. What Let's if? What if during the Miz and Daniel Bryan match, Brie Bella tries to tries to get involved because of shenanigans and gets injured, and Rhonda and Nikki have to try to do it together against the Riot Squad.
1: I love it. Maybe 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 Nikki gets frustrated and Nikki turns an ankle and mm-hmm. doesn't want to come back in and risk further injury. Yeah. And yeah, I like that. I don't again, I don't think you can have Ronda get pinned ooh. or have her tap, but ooh. I'm sure there's some creative way that you can that you can, you know, ooh, build baby. heat uh, in be- uh, between those two. Absolutely. Ooh,
3: ooh, baby, dog. I see it in my head. It's coming together right now. The stars are lining right now, baby. I love it. I love it. Um, let's talk about the WWE championship match. AJ Styles defending against Samoa Joe. Um, you know, I know a lot of people had their, their complaints, quote unquote, are that this is, oh, it's going too long. I don't buy that. Length is not a complaint to me. Length of time does not bother me. Are these characters compelling? Do I want to see them fight? The answer to that for me, these two is yeah. And on top of that, I'd probably watch them fight one or two more times in a pay-per-view because I think they work well together and I'm enjoying the ride of Samoa Joe becoming Diamond Dallas page circa 2002
1: <laughs> doing a little bit better of a job I think I think DDP would admit as well. Sure. I hope they go 45 minutes I really do I hope yeah. I hope they wrestle in Australia as if they were th- this were their last match together. Uh, I thought the you know I, I thought everything they've done so far has been good but I think we're waiting for that great moment. I liked how they had the storyline at the last pay-per-view the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I think, though, the longer you go, it's a big part of that story, right? It's not just to go long, to go long. That'd be silly. But it's to go long to show that AJ Styles can withstand anything and everything that Samoa Joe throws at him. And he's going to throw everything at him, I would imagine. I love that story. I hope they go 45 minutes. I hope they go 55 minutes. Again... Where else do I have to be Saturday morning but I hope that match is long. I hope that match again it, you let those two guys go right I mean those are two of the best in the world and you're gonna say you have 14 minutes no give them 34 give them 40. let those two guys go I'm with you I don't think they can I don't think they're capable of having a bad match together. I don't know what the crowd will be because I assume that'll be in the middle of the card. AJ Styles is clearly destined to to be the WWE champion who never headlines a card or never made events a card again. But, and the Miz should use that in his storyline if he wins his match. But uh, I do think this is going to be special. I think they need time to tell their story.
3: Hey, and you know what? Based on AJ's promo from SmackDown, I feel like at crown jewel, we're going to get that buried alive match, right? I mean, that was pretty heavy handed.
1: How would a buried alive match go over in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? I don't know. Uh.
3: Uh, it's just it's one of those things. I feel like with the the Saudi shows, they just it's like a book at two K nineteen style where they're eight man ladder match buried alive. <laughs> you know,
1: like. nobody's gonna care. There, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I do think it's interesting the Saudi show. I I I, I tried. I mean, I try every week to, to show a different perspective and a different point of view. And last week I I, I spoke with one of the uh, you know a political expert on Saudi Arabia. And I thought he gave some interesting perspective on the sense, Nick, that it's not just WWE, that the kingdom is really trying to do a lot for their younger people, their younger citizens. So I thought that was interesting too, because when you look at it, what is WWE doing there? But the fact that it's part of a larger production, I think, makes a little bit more sense. Whether you like it or you don't, I think it makes a little more sense. Uh,
3: geopolitical effect of professional wrestling as a podcast for another day that I'm absolutely down for. It'll probably be an end-of-the-show type discussion because we're going to need to be loose on that one. Fair um, enough. Uh, two matches left here. What a stacked card. Um, Shield taking on Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Um, man, I wish I cared. I really do. I, I resent this match, Justin. I resent it because... You talk about Becky Lynch and you know uh, how how she's running, and they should let her let her keep going. Uh, Braun Strowman, same situation. Why they why they decided to, to make him a bad guy and pit him with Dolph and Drew against the Shield when people are there? It's it's the opposite of Becky and Charlotte. Like the people they want them to cheer,
1: they boo, and then the people they want them to boo, they're cheering. The difference of, of Raw and SmackDown you know, in a 30 second quote right there. I am actually looking forward to this match though, because I'm looking forward to seeing everything around the match. I assume the finish is Roman Reigns, you know, our Dolph Ziggler looking at the lights because Reigns pins him, but I am excited because I'd like to see if this match main events, the show, I know the company, I mean, we all know the company is high on Roman Reigns. Does this match end the show? Does Reigns go over? I mean, this is his role and this is his responsibility as the, as the company headliner, not Shawn Michaels, not Triple H's, not takers, uh, not Braun, no one else's, not AJ's, Roman's their guy. So to me, if that's, if you're trying to build your brand internationally and that's what they're doing, you need Roman to close out a really fun show, whether it's a house show type, which I think it'll be, whether the storyline uh, significance, whether there's consequences to what happens, title changes. I think you need Roman to close out this show and you need the audience to care. A new audience, a foreign audience, maybe some people who don't normally go to WWE shows, Uh, Can they keep them compelled by the end of this thing? I think that's Roman's job. I'll be disappointed if he's not in the main event, if the six-man tag isn't. And again, to me, it's a glorified house show. You close with a six-man tag. So uh, I'm actually, I think there are pieces of this match outside of the actual wrestling that will mean that will that will signify something to us.
3: Yeah, uh, my expectations I think, I think are very support. low. I, my expect and, and no knock on anybody. These guys are all very talented. I just I don't I'm not a fan of how this the, the story was for this. I can't wait for this to be done. And these guys can go back to doing different things. This has not worked for me. I hate this. I resent this match. I resent this match. And I'm going to be
1: eating. The, I'm going to be eating the popcorn nodding my head during this match. And poor Nick, I feel like you're going to be very, very stewing. So I, I apologize that I'll be taking some, uh, some joy just from the match, not from not from you being upset. But of I am looking forward to this match. I think there are big ramifications. I think that the company, they have to constantly view Roman Reigns with a critical eye. Can he do this? And I think this match is a good indicator whether he can or he can't on a, on a big scale.
3: Uh, all right, uh, the match that I think will close the show, last time ever, Undertaker, Triple H. You got Kane in Taker's corner, Shawn Michaels in Triple H's corner. Rumors running rampant that Shawn Michaels could be coming back for a tag match at Crown Jewel, maybe even a singles match at Survivor Series with The Undertaker. Um, I, I mean, it'll be, this will be a fun watch. I don't Again, I don't know that I'm crazy about the build to it, but I think this will be fun. And, um, man, these guys all made a lot of money. They all got a lot of money thrown at them to, to put this one together. So I, I again, unlike other matches on this card, like Becky Charlotte that I or Daniel Bryan Miz that I have an emotional investment in. Unfortunately, the top part of this card, I just my my soul is not in the in the in the top matches of this show. Unfortunately,
1: I think the first thing on that match, too. I believe that was a Dave Meltzer story. The he broke the Michaels to Saudi Arabia. It, it appears he's right. You got to give him credit. It's a really it's a really good break. Yeah. Um, Dave knows his stuff. Give him credit on that. I don't think this match closes the show only because I don't think there's a clean finish. I think you'd want Roman pinning Zegler, for instance, and the crowd going home happy. I don't think so. I don't think this closes. Uh, Hmm. I wouldn't be shocked. You know what? I would be shocked if it does because, again, I I don't think it's a clean finish. It appears all systems are it seem to be go for Saudi Arabia. I can't decide, Nick, for the life of me. It's an internal struggle that I'm spending way too much time and thought on whether or not I like Shawn Michaels coming back in a tag match. That hasn't happened yet. Um, I think it's smart, though, if you're going to bring him back and you want to resolve the Undertaker storyline, which I actually like this idea a lot of this is the direction they're going. If you need to resolve the Undertaker storyline with Shawn Michaels, and that's how Michaels gets back into the ring, that's a good idea. Because if Shawn Michaels comes back, I have zero doubt in my mind he is wrestling at WrestleMania. Then he can wrestle someone like Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles, and have the match of his life. You know they, they can put on this spectacular match, which he, let's be honest, is very unlikely to do in 2018 with The Undertaker. I don't think Michaels would ever come back and risk his legacy, a guy with that sized ego, and I mean that as a compliment because he's very proud of what he accomplished. He wouldn't come back if he couldn't go. I think he's going to be limited with Taker just because of Taker's age and Taker's limitations. But if he comes back they get this tag done with, It should be good, not far from great. And then you can go on to the big stuff. I think my opinion, and this is just a gut feel, it's HBK Styles at WrestleMania. If that's the case, I can't wait. I would say Daniel Bryan, but I think it's Bryan Miz at Mania for the belt, which I love too. Uh, For this match... I just hope they get through it. I hope it's short. That's another reason I don't want to give you the main event because I don't think it, it it can't go. Nick, this can't this match can't go more than seven minutes, can it?
3: Look, you don't have to do a bunch of flips and stuff to to have a great wrestling match. These are two guys that know how to take their time, draw out every moment, every glance, every reaction from the fans. Absolutely, I think these guys can go out there and do twenty minutes.
1: Ooh, I'm I'm putting my over under. I don't know what we're putting on the line here, but I'm putting my over under it's seven minutes and i'm taking the under
3: i'll okay i'll take over i think it'll go 12 12 or more would be my guess um because these matches man. are gonna this is gonna be a bunch of i mean dude there's gonna be a bunch of shenanigans man kane's gonna I'm be go- there Sean's I, for gonna what be it's in worth
1: there. i'm going bell to bell now the whole the whole thing might go 20 minutes but i'm going bell to bell i think it's under seven
3: Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that dollar bet, and we'll get to betting here at the end of the show. I think this is a good segue. Uh, so that is the final match of the Super Showdown for us to preview here. We went a little long in the tooth, but thank you, Justin, for riding along with me. That was a uh, a heck of a ride. I enjoyed talking about this show, but let's get to it. We got some big interviews here on the debut episode of the Winkley. We're gonna go right now to an interview with a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, a man who has returned to professional wrestling and is making a big splash. It's David Arquette. <laughs> Hello, Wrestling Inc., and welcome to uh, my first big interview for the site. I, you know, wanted to make a splash. I wanted to do something big. I wanted somebody that transcended wrestling. I wanted somebody that was not just a wrestler. I wanted I wanted somebody that was a, an entertainer that that crossed over to to all the other mediums that embraced the world fully. And I have that man right now. He is a former WCW World Heavyweight champion you probably know him from the movies as well it's David Arquette David thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today
2: thank you thanks for having me what an introduction I hope I live up to it oh
3: Dave, I how can you not you are you've done so many things you know I want to get right to it here well the first thing I wanted to ask you was when did you fall in love with pro wrestling you've, you've taken this to an extreme what's your earliest pro wrestling memories
2: wow, my earliest pro wrestling memories is literally like uh, George the Animal Steel and you know, black and white uh, TV eating turnbuckles like that's the the early, early stuff I saw and then we got all into the Wrestlemania and WWE you know, F at the time um, stuff and I went to see Andre the Giant and uh, Hulk Hogan and Ted DiBiase and just all these old school characters, uh, Rick Rude, you know, uh, yeah, those were the, you know, junkyard dog. I mean, I went to these road shows and I just fell in love with it. Me and my buddies would all go and, uh, you know, we're we're totally into it. And, you know, the whole Cindy Lauper, Mr. T, you know, that whole time period was crazy.
0: Dude, you
3: know, and what I want to know is, so you're explaining all these awesome memories, these great wrestlers, the height of the rock and wrestling movement. Were you watching this and saying, I want to become a pro wrestler? Like, was the acting thing, was, are you like, man, I wish I hadn't done Scream. I wish I would just gone in on this earlier, you know?
2: Oh, when, when I got older, when I did uh, Ready to Rumble? Yeah. I did Ready to Rumble. It was like, wow, I get to work with, you know, macho man and, and, you know, sting. And like, I'm going to like, they're going to be in this movie it down this page. And you no, know, so that was just like, I can't, I couldn't believe. And I love the, the character was kind of like, uh, me when I was younger, in a sense, like who still believed in Santa Claus, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, and, and, and I do to a certain extent, you know, what i mean? I've always loved it and I've always loved, uh, you know, the different levels of uh, suspending your belief and then sort of understanding different levels of it, the more I learn about wrestling, the more it becomes real in a a crazy way.
3: Yeah, yeah, you get in that bubble where it all just starts to make sense and you're talking that language back and forth. I totally hear what you're saying, but before Ready to Rumble, did you have any interest in going into pro wrestling or was Ready to Rumble, is that where you were like, man, I never thought of myself as a wrestling person, but – I guess I'm a wrestling person.
2: Well, when we were younger, we would always, like, you know, um, I think a lot of fans kind of picture themselves up there or would love to be involved with it or, like, you know, I always remembered like, ooh, you know, Macho Man doesn't treat Miss Elizabeth right. I'd love to get in there and, you know, steal her away from him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. So, so then when – I sort of got involved. But I never really saw myself as a wrestler. I'm, I'm, you know, but we did, you know, we'd set up mattresses and we'd do, like, little backyard stuff. And we'd, um, I learned the figure four leg lock from Ric Flair just by watching it and, like, trying it on my friends forever when yeah. I was a kid. But I never really thought of doing it professionally. It wasn't even, like, in the Ready and Rumble times, really. It was more recent when I started seeing how the sort of uh, body frame is uh, shrunk down a little so that you know some of the smaller wrestlers can kind of compete in a, in a, in a big way, that was something that I was like, oh, well, maybe I can kind of get in there and, and do some stuff. Yeah,
3: and, and so tell, take me to that moment because I watched the Wendy Williams interview. As soon as you did it, I was like, wait, what? David Arquette pro wrestling update. I'm fascinated. <laughs> I have to know what's going on here right now. When, when, where were you when you were, the light bulb went off and you're like, you know what, I, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to fully commit myself to this.
2: Well, I went, uh, I went down. I had just a lot of people had started attacking me online and like a lot of stuff like Ellsworth came out and you know, a lot of, like whatever certain things would happen, my name would come back up. Like, this is a worse idea than making David Arquette the champion. I started just getting sick of that. Then there were individual wrestlers that kind of started, like, you know, trolling me in a way. And then, um, and then I went to WrestleMania, uh, and I saw all the stuff going on around it. And I started looking into some a lot of the indie shows in in uh, Southern California, and uh, and like Ring of Honor, and just you know, uh, the Young Bucks, and just. The different stuff that was coming up, I was really excited about the the new energy that was going into wrestling and how it's kind of expanding and WWE Network and how you could look back and you know fall back in love with some of the old stuff and then learn some of the stories behind that stuff. All this stuff started to come and I kind of got sucked back in, and uh, I'd always like periodically I wouldn't watch you know raw every you know after all the WCW stuff happened and kind of all the backlash from that I was kind of a little bit like uh stepped away from it for a while but I'd always pop in and I'd always go to certain shows you know when they'd come to town and I'd bring my friends to them and you know I had a a few I have a few friends that are like my my buddies but they're also like my wrestling buddies sure you know we always geek out on that specifically or like you know horror movies and that kind of stuff. It's similar groups. So, uh, I was, I was like, I went to WrestleMania and I went to some of the shows around there. And it just was like, you know, I called one guy out who, you know, uh, didn't end up, uh, having a match with because it just got too. I, I had three broken ribs, but then it got too complicated. Wow. And, um, you know, some of the, some people you meet, I, I listen, if somebody wants to fight, I, we can fight, but then we're, we're not going to call it a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> uh, you know, some people, that I really dislike bullies, and, and, and some there's a lot of bullies in wrestling. So you have to kind of be, like, aware of it, and if that's what they want to do, like, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't have enough experience to know, like, what's going on entirely.
3: Wait, 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 name so, names. I'm kind of interested if you want to name names. Are there anybody that you've kind of... You know, because you obviously are coming at this from a different perspective, right? You're not traditionally the same age. A lot of guys get into the business. You're getting opportunities because of who you are and the clout you bring with you. Have you had opposition from folks? Is anybody upset to see you in a locker room or anything like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of stuff. I think Bully Ray, uh, Bubba Ray, isn't too thrilled. Like I did, I called into his podcast just because – they put the number up on Twitter and I couldn't sleep and I was in you know early in the morning. And you know, so I called into his podcast and we had a little sort of contentious uh, podcast moment. Oh. So uh, you know that was that was one thing. And there's this guy Matt Fidget, that I was supposed to fight in St. Louis, and then I, I busted three ribs, so I had to put it off. But the whole like uh, negotiating of like me going down there, you know, it just was kind of, you know, felt like the guy wanted to fight. You know, yeah. Not, I'll fight anybody, but we don't have to make a wrestling match out of it. You know what I mean? Sure. It's part of the thing sure. is when you're gonna go into a ring with someone, is you gotta kind of like, you know, gotta make it, you know, work. You know, it's it's gonna it's gotta uh, you gotta trust it in a certain to a certain extent. You know, that, you know, I want people to be able to trust me that I'm not going to hurt them in a sense. Right. You know, but I mean, I'll hurt them. You know what I mean? We'll fight. Sure. We'll, 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 you know, do all that. But, you know, there's a difference. You know, a lot of people are throwing punches nowadays, which you never used to be able to do. It's apparently illegal, but people are still doing it. But when I throw punches, I'm used to fighting. So. If we're going to fight, we're going to fight. You know what I mean? Maybe we need to get in the octagon or something. I don't know, but wrestling's different. Yeah. You're going to put on a wrestling show then or a match, then you you do that. You know, if you're going to call it in the ring, whatever, if that's what they want to do, we could do that, but uh, then I'm going to bring up my street fighter side and then we'll just see what that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'm supposed to either
3: what is what is your MMA background?
2: Like what you you're talking no. like you
3: you've spent time in a cage?
2: No, no, I've never spent time in a cage. Okay, I, uh, I've just fought my whole life. I mean, when we were kids, whenever you you know you never, I've gotten beat up a ton of times. I've, I've I've you know fought back. I've you know yeah, I'm not afraid of it. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid. Like that's one. That's the biggest thing about ever getting in a fight is just not being afraid Mm -hmm. you know so I'm not afraid Mm -hmm. so I don't know but uh I also I love wrestling for wrestling and like putting on a show and you know really uh testing your body and you know uh you know engaging the audience and and putting performance and and spectacle and, and costume but you know fighting's fighting we could do that at a bar
3: now, you, you, we're talking about how physical pro wrestling is right now, you know, and in fighting in general. You, you talk about broken ribs. You know, you are a name, you're a household name performer. People know David Arquette. You have an agent, right? You're in Credible Films. I'm sure you have, you know, uh, your AFTRA or your SAG card and all these type things. Now, what is your agent, what is your circle of, of people that are dependent on you performing on, on camera? What are they saying when you're going through all
2: this right now? A lot of them are kind of like what Hollywood doesn't get wrestling completely, right. and um, you know I think like The Rock, John Cena, and Batista have done a great job in in breaking into Hollywood, which isn't easy to do. But uh, it just kills me that Ric Flair's not on a CBS show, or or you know Stokols, Steve Austin's not on FX like weekly. You know, McFoley's not a regular on something. I mean, those guys are tremendous talents, and and they what Hollywood doesn't understand is if they were to cast them as like, you know, the the, the crazy older brother or the the uncle's like you know, whatever the the, the father, the unconventional father, that they get so many eyes that they'd never be able to get before. Yeah. So it's just a sort of short sightedness of the business. So it, it flips the other way, too. When I do stuff that's in the wrestling world, they're like, Whoa, what is this, an Andy Kaufman kind of moment, or whatever they think. But, uh, you know, to me, it's all part of entertainment, you know what I mean? It's all part of the sports entertainment of it, and it's part of the, you know, connecting with fans. I mean, wrestling fans really are incredible. And for the most part, a lot of, like, people didn't like Ready to Rumble when it first came out, or you know, the the sort of strict kind of wrestling fans. But a lot of the people that did like it were younger. And Now they're your age. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're like, wow. They can look back at it and see, like, all these guys that, that they grew up watching, that they were in a film, and it's a little different kind of uh, way of seeing them.
3: Yeah. Uh, man, so many questions all at once I have right now. First of all, you're right. Uh Putting them in father figure roles. Uh, me personally, uh, as you mentioned, my age, I grew up with – vader on boy meets world that is frankie's dad to yes. me right exactly and mick foley also boy meets world uh found his way into that thunder and paradise right it was a great show right
2: um, but those are those that's smart because those are wrestling fans that then cast them mm-hmm. who are writers and creators yeah uh, well so we need more we need more studio people to get that
3: um well, I want to bring up two, a uh, couple things here before we – I hope to have you back another time, David, we can chat some more. But, you know, you brought yeah. up Andy Kaufman. I am a gigantic Andy Kaufman nerd. I was more into Andy probably than before I got into pro wrestling as a kid because of my grandma and she had the Andy Kaufman tapes and all this stuff. Right. Um, you say, is this an Andy Kaufman moment? Do you see yourself as the current uh, heir to the throne of the Andy Kaufman
2: personality? <laughs> Oh, uh, no one could sort of hold his torch. I mean, he was such a unique individual. But um, no, I mean, uh, I'm not like doing intergender kind of stuff, you know. And I'm really trying to compete on a on a serious level. And you know, I think uh, wrestling's become um, more complicated in a way. You know, the way it's looked at in Japan and and Mexico. It's, you know, it's really respected as uh, more of a sport in a sense. But I don't know. I mean, a lot of the time, even when I'm hearing myself talk, I, I feel like I'm full of shit. But it doesn't, you know, matter. I mean, I don't. Um, you know, I'm just trying to yeah, figure yeah. all this stuff out myself. But um, I don't know. It's it's just so much. When I'm about to go on the road and go to these little shows and, you know, getting a car. And, like, I'm getting a lot of the experience of uh, just a little glimpse and taste of, of, of what, you know, these independent wrestlers are experiencing. And, you know, and doing independent shows is a lot different from doing what I did at WCW. So I don't know. It's It's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been very real. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what gets me really upset when people say – You know, it's why I I had a big argument with Brian Robbins, the director of Ready to Rumble, when we were doing this scene where I say, wrestling's not fake, and I'm screaming it. Because when I was a kid, that's how I felt. You know, I would really, like, oh, it would just really get me upset whenever anyone said that. So that when my dad said it, you know, in the film, it would just rub me so wrong. It's like, you don't believe in me. You know what I mean? You don't, like, so... I don't know. I'm getting a really uh, amazing education into this business. And I've been able to like look back on a bunch of matches and, and listen to people about what upset them about it. Start to feel some of the history and start seeing, you know, I met this guy Vic delicious and in, in uh, uh, Northeast wrestling who, uh, who shattered his leg and, and has been going through a bunch of surgeries and you know, that's the kind of uh, stuff that people, you know, wrestlers go through that they do, like dedicate and, and sacrifice themselves to bring, bring people entertainment. A lot of the time, it's just in a gymnasium with for 200 people, but it's because we love it. And that's sort of why I'm still in it and so why I want to be a part of it. And I want to I've been doing a documentary about it, too, so that it sort of lets people in ideas to like. Also bring people in to show them what is this world? Who are these fans? You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: why do people? Uh, why were people so upset?
3: Are you still making the documentary? Any update on you know when this could see the light of day? Do you know how long you plan on filming for? Or anything like that? Since you brought it up,
2: yeah, we're probably filming until like January or something. You know, I'm a, you know that's my side of the business. I'm a filmmaker and and actor, and so. You know, we just, me and my wife had started a, we just did a documentary called Survivor's Guide to Prison that we produced. And so when I was going to go, started going through this, when I first initially went to uh, uh, the um, WrestleMania weekend, I just, I had my friend who was just shooting like a, you know, like a video camera.
3: Yeah.
2: And then we started looking back at some of the footage, we were like, you know what? If I were to do this, we should film it. You know, we should see this journey and just, you know, the first night we go, first day we go shooting, we get into a little bar room scrap with the, the Nasty Boys. <laughs> it's, it's out of control. Uh, so, yeah, It was pretty amazing. Right. But they're great. I mean, I, Brian Knobs is very cool. Uh, Jerry was not as with us well jerry's
3: the responsible of the nasty boys which is <laughs> yes, weird okay. right i and I, i'm good friends with knobs knobs text yeah, knobs okay. text me on like holidays and i'm like wow i didn't know we were that good of friends right wow he's awesome yeah. he's, but jerry sex he's like an electrician he's he's got a legitimate he's got legitimate businesses and things that he does yeah yeah um yeah. uh before i i have one thing i want to ask you here at the end i will ask about rj city i feel like it would be bad on our part to not mention rj he's been so integral and Do we have
2: to <laughs> well
3: i mean he's been so <laughs> integral is-
2: and you and no, you getting no, good we he, should mention him
3: yeah you know what it, how did you meet rj what is the status of your your arquette city tag team here
2: <laughs> well i met rj through one of my friends that i was talking about who's um one of my wrestling buddies <laughs> So he lives in Toronto. So he's always sort of queuing me in on the sort of indie stuff going on in Toronto. And then uh, my other buddy who lives here is the other friend that I'm always talking about wrestling with. So he was telling me about the different people he liked up there. And he mentioned RJ City. And it's really funny. And he's mentioned knee Arthur that he does. And I was like, who is this guy singing and you know, doing show tunes and talking about the, uh, um, Um, sorry, getting distracted. Uh, all right. Be Arthur. I mean, so then, um, so then during that WrestleMania weekend, he does a show called, um, your coffee in your underwear or something. So I was like, let's do it. And I did it with him and I'm literally 50 pounds heavier at the time. (laughs) Pretty embarrassing, but we did it. And, um, and then we sort of, after that gotten a little bit of a feud and then, uh, and then through getting to know each other and then, you know, the, the fact that I wrestled with Three broken Ribs and he sort of gained a little bit of respect for me, I want, wanted to, like, uh, learn more about it. So he wants to get on a talk. He really wants to be famous or, or, like, he wants a talk show of his own, really. So the idea is to get him on a talk show, which isn't proving to be that easy. You know, he wants, like, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, okay, well, maybe if we make WrestleMania. You know what I mean? We'll be able to, you know, or even any kind of sort of high level thing, but we're not, we're not there, okay? To be honest, and uh, so I've got some calls out to Harry, you know, Harry <laughs> Connick's show, and you know, maybe we'll go back on Wendy Williams because she does like beefcake man. Well, Dr.
3: Oz, right? You could talk about your broken ribs there. I mean, I feel like that's the platform,
2: you know? By the way, Dr. Oz would be amazing. <laughs> yes. Or uh, Dr. Phil. Ugh. yeah, That's Dr. the dream. Well, that could be a very special Dr. Phil with, like, bring on some old wrestlers and everyone, like, talk about stuff. That would just be funny. Hey, come here. Oh, is this one of Remember your children? We got, we got a future wrestler right here. Oh, boy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy, King Kong Bundy right here. He's one years old. Whoa! He's a one-year-old monster.
3: Wow. He's, like, He's side-eyeing me. Yeah. <laughs> He's also doing... That's that's Gus. Hi, Gus. I'm Nick.
2: <laughs> Say hello.
3: Hi. Your father was in an incredible film called Ready to Rumble. It's Better Than <laughs> Scream. <laughs> yes. Uh, Well... I, obviously, I don't want to take you away from time with Gus here. My last question was going to be, what is your status uh, of, on terms of you know doing business with WWE? Obviously, I feel like a match with you on their platform or something there should be in the cards. Is that something you want to do or no?
2: Oh, I'm a huge fan of WWE, and I have the utmost respect for what they've done and the business over there. I love NXT. What they're doing is incredible. So I don't know if anything... Uh, Made sense, you know. I don't also want to ruff, ruffle any feathers in that world either. You know what I mean? I don't want to do anything I don't deserve. You know what I'm saying?
3: Sure. Well, I so, think you uh, and you and Champa in NXT. That's oh my
2: god, I would love. To, I'm just a huge fan of Tim. He's just uh, probably one of the best heels in the business right now. Yeah. Oh, such a like a you know really cool character. Not character, but person, like heel.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, so, lastly, though, while I'm talking WWE, WWE Studios, is there a chance? Ready to Rumble 2? Is it in the cards? Is it going to happen?
2: Do we get the <laughs> sequel? Whoa, uh, Ready to Rumble 2, man. Well, let's see that. That's sort of why I did the documentary. It's like an unofficial <laughs> Ready to Rumble 2. I have DDP in it. We go to our yoga retreat. We go down to Tijuana. I study with Luchadors um mm. oh. i have a eight-man luchador match that's where i broke my three ribs
3: now wait this makes sense a little bit and i really am not trying to go much further down the rabbit hole but you did go down to mexico wrestled under a hood nobody knew it was you until like a couple days later that's yeah. all going to be in the documentary then i would take it yes? yeah
2: oh. yeah we, we got to wrestle on the streets of tijuana and beg for change it was pretty <laughs> intense You know, there's uh, there's some crazy stuff crazy stuff but um Oh man! Yeah, I'd love to do anything with any of these. Really, I mean, I have a match coming up November 9th uh, in Poughkeepsie, and Kenny Omega's on the same. Uh, I'm on the same card as him. It's just unbelievable that I'm going to be in the same locker room or just, you know, be able to watch his match. You know, that's like a thrill.
3: Well, and it was cool because we did. You know, I did commentary for Warrior Wrestling. You did a match yeah. at Warrior Wrestling. You being in that locker room, just like getting to see you alongside. You know, all of the – Ray Mysterio was in that locker oh, room. Oh, God.
2: Ray's always been really cool. He was around at the WCW times too, so he was super cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, but even in that room of – because there was a lot of big names on that Warrior Wrestling Ryan show. Brian Cage. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you were the one everybody was looking at, I feel like. I love that the promoter asked everyone to turn down their sexuality for the show. Do you recall this?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and was, I said – um. How are we supposed to do that really? I mean that's rather impossible for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great moment.
3: It was a good moment. Anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this here. I wanna bring you back another time, David, maybe further yes. down your path to pro wrestling here. And yeah. um thank you very much for the time, man. I didn't want to try to focus on the on the past. You got so much stuff you're doing right now.
2: Oh, it's oh cool. I don't mind. We can focus on the past next time. Does that work? <laughs> oh yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah,
3: I'm kaleidoscoping well. out here to close the interview. <laughs> That's the way. Thank you, David. Thanks, thanks for
2: having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Have fun with Gus this afternoon. I appreciate
3: it. Thank you very much to David Arquette for being the very first guest ever here on the brand new Wrestling Inc. Audio Channel Winkly Podcast. And now we're going to kick it over to a couple more bits of audio. First, we're going to have my clip from the Impact Media Call this week with Moose and Eddie Edwards, where I try to ask Eddie about. Uh, A possible return to the tag team division. Uh, I also got a chance to chat with Brian Cage. And closing out the show today, we are going to be chatting again with Justin Brasso, all about All In. Hi, this is uh, Nick Housman from Wrestling Inc. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time today. Uh, Eddie, I just wanted to go to you and ask, um, you know, you've you've had such great singles matches recently. Uh, You were known as a tag wrestler for so long. um, You obviously, you know... Do you, you have trust issues? It seems with uh, you know your friend here turning on you. Do you have any interest in going back to the, the tag division? Is there any anyone you would trust in that, or you see yourself oh, decidedly as a singles? Nobody wants to All
0: right, moose. Who wants to tag, right. so tag with a guy who's <laughs> division, turns his back on
2: you? Huh?
0: All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, clearly, I have I have a problem picking uh, quality friends and quality partners. Uh, you know, it's something that I, I would definitely. I, I, I'm open to that. You know, whatever I need to do at whatever time in my career, you know, whatever it call, whatever it calls for, I'm ready to do. So if if down the line it calls for me to get in, you know get the tag team going again, you know I'd be more than happy to. Who knows down the road, uh, who comes back into wrestling and who, who who's still around that you know I may tag with. Uh, you know, time time heals heals most wounds. I won't say all wounds, but heals most
3: wounds. Who knows. Joining me at this time, he is the current X Division champion. You know him as the machine, the master of the Weapon X. It is Brian Cage. Brian, thank you very much for taking the time to chat, to me today. chat with me today.
0: Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me.
3: Now, I have to bring it up every time. We share the same birthday. You are a groundhog. I love that. Um, I brought this up last time uh, that you're a groundhog, um, but I didn't get to ask the question that I wanted to ask, which is, do you have prognostication powers as well can you see into the future
0: uh you know <clears throat> there's been some times you know one I've had some some pretty vivid dreams that that definitely uh, have a little premonition of what's to come so uh you know a little bit a little bit. Not, not quite Groundhog's Day, as I'd say, but, you know, there's a little bit.
3: Okay. Well, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, February 2nd is Groundhog's Day. That's our birthdays. So I want you to put your prognosticator hat on right now, Brian. We're starting on Bound for Glory, the biggest show of the year for Impact Wrestling. It's taking place Sunday, October 14th, Melrose Ballroom in New York. You have an OVE rules match. Anything goes. You're partnering up with your Lucha brother, Lucha Brethren, Pentagon and Phoenix, to take on OVE. What are you? What are your prognostication abilities telling you is going to go down in this OVE match?
0: I mean, <clears throat> could put you know, the, the Lucha Machines in the up there. We're going to get our stuff in. We're going to own the spotlight. We're going to steal the night, having the match of the night. Of course, with OVE and key rules matches, whether you like them or not, I mean, those six man tags are unbelievable. Like their worst one is still probably the best one you've ever seen. Um, so I expect nothing but the same, except for the fact that we're going to be in it. And like I just said, we're going to own the spotlight and see if the show and have matches match of the night. There's some great matches on there. Uh, the other six-man LAX, I'm sure they're going to have an awesome match too. But I think you're going to see a couple new things you haven't seen yet from me um, and maybe as well from from the Lucha brothers. But uh, it's going to be a hell of a ride, and I expect us to get their hands raised high as the winners. And uh, more importantly, as I keep reiterating, having the match of the night.
3: You know, and when I think of you, Brian, you know, you're obviously, you know, you're huge. You're built like a horse. You're athletic. You can fly. Um, I don't necessarily think of you as a hardcore brawler necessarily, though. How have you adapted having to be thrown in the snake <laughs> pit with these guys?
0: Uh, you know, uh, it's definitely not um, not a common uh, match that I'm usually put in. But, I mean, anyone who's familiar with my work in Lucha Underground has seen, like, my father's kind of anywhere stuff with the Mac. sure True. And, um, uh, matter of fact, actually, uh, Sammy himself is Jeremiah Crane in the, the three week we had, uh, last Ultima Lucha. Um, so I mean like when it's, when it's necessary, it's happened. I mean, I've, I've been able to adapt and, and put forth, it's usually not, uh, something I just kind of fall into it's not by choice. It just kind of happens that way, but, uh, you know, so be it then, uh, then I'm there to, uh. To get my stuff in and, and show everyone that uh, the answer to the question, who better than Brian Cage is, is still nobody, whether it. it's a regular match, tag match, six-man, hardcore match, so, so on and so on and so on.
3: Who are, who are your favorite brawlers from wrestling history? Who do you draw influence on when you're when you're preparing for a match like this? Oh, man,
0: you know, that's, you know when I, was, when I was younger, I was actually a, a real big fan of Raven and WCW, the whole Raven rules stuff. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's probably one of the favorite guys to play on revenge as well i always relate to everyone to the old n64 game um yeah yeah I, I always liked his stuff
3: yeah well what was it about raven I, i'm interested i was a big raven fan as well i was also kind of like an angsty like alt rock kid i mean he was like my demo there i mean what was it about raven that draw you that drew you in
0: i mean yeah, i was more of a of a skateboarder at that time so it wasn't like exactly the same but i don't know he just had uh an interesting appeal. I mean he just did stuff differently. You know, he had his little cronies that sat around the ring and the way he just would sit in the corner and cut his uh, you know, artistically uh vibe like promos it was just unique and I liked the whole how every master rules. And then that also transitioned to like me uh liking Canyon so much and then Steve with Canyon and with Canyon would come out and you know hit the flat line of nowhere and everyone and it just and then Ham and Canyon and DDP and Saturn, like that whole that whole feud blended with all of them man it was one of my favorite things throughout WCW.
3: Man, Raven's a, a psycho, you know, and I I feel like putting your muscle mass behind that kind of uh, uh energy is is downright terrifying. So, uh I'm <laughs> I, I'm uh I'm very interested to see how this OVE rules match plays out uh next uh next weekend. Now, you are uh partnering here with your Lucha Machine brethren, uh Pentagon and Phoenix. How has it been working with them? What what have you learned from working with Pentagon and Phoenix?
0: Um, well, you know, I guess one's has zero fear. The other one's got a thousand lives. Uh, you know, I, me being a machine, I, I feel like, you know, lives don't matter. And I have no fear because I'm a machine. So I shouldn't have any fear to begin with, but, <clears throat> uh, no, man, it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, they're, they're two of the most talented guys out there. And, uh, and so over, so over. So, um, the fact that I've gotten to, uh, you know, rub shoulders with them, I think is beneficial to, to both of us and helps, uh, both of us uh, gain a little momentum. And even though we're all on a team, I had that amazing match with Phoenix uh, right before this whole thing kind of, you know, happened. So yeah. once uh, the dust has settled and we kind of tucked OVE to bed, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, having another one with Phoenix and Pentagon as well. So,
3: D- that, And that's something I was going to bring up. You know, OVE is obviously, you know, the Chris and Sammy, they're, they're thick as thieves. They're, they're tight. You know, are, are you worried that, you know, your team doesn't have the same kind of connective tissue? Do you, do you think there's a weak link or something possibly in your guys' armor walking into this match?
0: Um, I guess you could kind of think that or assume that. But, I mean, uh, even though we're not, you know, best of buds, are all, you know, for one state, by one state, and, and all that jazz. Um, I think we all have a common goal, and there's no, you know, animosity between the three of us. We're all... Kind of go along to get along and uh, all, you know, are teaming up against OVE. So I I don't think there's any lack of trust or lack of uh, uh, anything to really worry about. And I think the ability that all three of us possess, uh, whether we're a fundamental team or not, I think is enough to surpass OVE. Yeah.
3: And I mean, this is going to be an incredible bout. A lot of great talent here. You take the handcuffs off, no rules. Uh, Just for me personally, though, when I think of Bound for Glory and I think the X Division, I, I have such great memories of of Ultimate X, and and I know this is going to be a great match. Um, but are you just are you pushing for an Ultimate X Max or match or something like that? Uh, or, or I guess I should bluntly uh, say, know, are you pushing for it?
0: Uh, you know, um, I haven't uh, actually haven't discussed it with anyone about that. But uh, that would be a cool, unique match. I, I do think that all the Ultimate X matches were always uh, great and you know something unique and different that. Impact made up on their own, and I wouldn't, no one's asking me about it, I haven't talked to anybody about it, but I wouldn't be against the idea of it returning.
3: Man, it's like you, Pentagon, and Phoenix, like like, like you say, after you're done with OVE, and you've, you've bludgeoned these men, and you've put them eight feet underground, those, the three of you guys, man, I would love to see you get let loose in an Ultimate X match. Do you Do you know why they've kind of pulled back on, on that match type?
0: No idea, actually. No, nothing. I, I don't, and I don't know if it's intentional, or if it's just like, it just—I don't know—it just hasn't uh, organically, you know, been able to produce itself back to somewhere or something that makes sense. But you know, we have uh, we have some good stuff planned in 2019, so maybe uh, maybe it'll it'll make it a return sooner than later.
3: Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, every time I talk to people about impact wrestling, it's something that comes up every so often. Such fond memories of that. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I know. I know a lot of people that were a little upset with the exhibition titles not being defended at Bound for Glory have also. Uh, you know, probably didn't like. Oh, I, I want to see another Ultimate X match on top of that. So mm-hmm. you're not the only one.
3: Are you? Are you upset that you're not getting to defend this this title on the the biggest show of the year? Or are you happy that you're going to have a chance to to go in and finish business with OVE?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I'm happy being in the match I, I'm in, and I think it will definitely uh, uh, have a lot of eyes on it and do do well. But yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of you know being an X champion champion. I've, I've I've said, you know, I've wanted to redefine the X division, which I feel like I've been doing and, you know, make it the weapon X division and everyone keeps asking me about option C and I want to make, you know, the world title exactly that option C because I have option A. And so not being able to defend it at for Glory, it does hurt. And I, I thought actually I would, I would defend it a little bit more, at least leading up to for Glory and, uh, and I haven't got the opportunity to. So uh, it, it, it's a little, it's a little like, oh man, come on. But you know, uh, I'm happy to do what I'm doing, and I, I, I believe there'll be plenty of people lined up waiting for opportunities as soon as we are done with OVE. And so I'll, uh, I'll get my, my title defenses under my belt one way or another.
3: Uh, I want to change yours a little bit here and get your take on the, the main event, Austin Aries-Johnny Impact. Uh, I am a big fan of both of these guys. I'm excited to watch them go to war here. Uh, what do you think of this main event? I mean, do you have any
0: predictions here for, for either of these? Um, um, it's, uh, I, I kind of assumed and uh, knew that this would probably be, uh, the main event. It's just, it just seemed to make sense. Um, can we coming back, you know, with Johnny returning and Aries being, uh, being the top dog there for a little while, it just, it just seemed like, okay, that's probably going to be the match. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, like, uh, I would have predicted Johnny to come on top but I mean, with his arm injury, then with the whole. Biff has been happening with cross and moves being involved and stuff. I mean, I don't see Aries losing the strap this time.
3: You uh, are you watching Johnny on Survivor right now? Are you a Survivor fan?
0: I am not a Survivor fan, not at all. But but I have talked to John in in, uh, in full detail about his his time. Don't tell me out there. And I uh, no no no. Of course, I can't spoil nothing. But it's uh, it, it's pretty good. I do I do look forward to seeing him. I don't watch Survivor normally, but. I do want to watch some of
3: his stuff. It's it's cool that you guys have uh, you know somebody in the mainstream right now on such a big show in the mix. I mean, you guys at Impact right now really do have so many great pieces in motion. It's it's really great to see what you're doing. And for you personally, Brian, you know I, I got to call your your match here at Warrior Wrestling the War of Attrition when you uh, defeated seven other men to become the first Warrior Wrestling champion. It, what is what is this ride like for you right now? Being inside of it, I mean, I feel like this is—you've had a rocket strapped to your back, and you're just making waves every single place you go right now.
0: Uh yeah, it's—it's it's been uh, a hell of a year, and some people that don't know that to wish me, you know, the best. I'm like, man, well, it's been a pretty good year, and a lot of other fans at many places, like just this past Sunday in Vegas, I had plenty of fans like, man, you've had a hell of a year, a hell of a year. Like, oh man, I can't wait to see, you know, what's next for you, just because you're killing it. So, yeah, it, it, it's been awesome, man. Between the the cool stuff I did with Luch Underground, obviously the 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 extreme push I've gotten from Impact Wrestling, just how hot the indies are right now, and I just feel like I've been blessed with a lot of cool opportunities to work at different places, different countries, different promotions, and uh, and then, as you said, too, the the Warrior Wrestling as well uh, is definitely a a place I really enjoy working, and that match was uh, was a lot of fun, and I did give them a lot of credit for being original in a very unoriginal time in wrestling because so much has already been done, so... That was cool, man, and, uh, and I mean that whole weekend obviously was just 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 a stupid awesome weekend. So yeah, tell, um, tell, it, it's a great time, man. It's tell a Great me, time.
3: Tell me a little bit about that. You know, all in was the night before. The next night, you're you're winning the Warrior Wrestling Championship. You know, I, I know that that's not necessarily in, impact specific, but I feel like you carry the brand to kind of everywhere you go. How was your experience at all in?
0: Oh man, it was it was great. I mean, just the whole weekend of uh, weekend of shows and, and, and the, uh, the star cast and everything was just such a good positive feeling. Like, cause you know, you have like WrestleMania and WrestleCon, which are, uh, you know, huge shows and everyone's there and from all around the world. And it's, it's a great thing to be part of as well. But this had just a different feel. Like it just, not to sound corny cool and cliche, it just had more, more magic in the air. And it was, it was cool because it was like just everyone who, who genuinely, truly, appreciated and love wrestling, you know, like uh, all the other big shows kind of transcend, you know, just wrestling fans and it brings in a lot of the, the general population where this was just like the true diehard thing for like, just, just, just the attitude and the feeling all week long, just from, from all the wrestlers and, and everyone backstage and all the fans just,
2: it was, it was on a different
0: level, man. So it was, it was definitely probably one of the coolest things I've been a part of uh, just wrestling wise since I've started. So, definitely a historic night and look forward to uh to whatever can come next after that and yeah i mean we just you know we got down for glory a couple weeks it got the tapings in new york right after that two weeks later had the jericho cruise i mean it's there's a lot of good things still happening man and it's uh and i know even bigger things are going on for 2019 so it's definitely a great time to be uh, a fan or or a worker in the business
3: you nervous about wrestling on a boat you nervous there's gonna be a big wave when you're like jumping off the top rope or something
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I've been on a few cruises. It's usually not too bad. So right. it is going to be cool, man. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting. I never thought I would wrestle on a cruise, but this is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh,
3: well, best of luck to you with everything, Brian. Again, uh, he is in an OVE rules match, uh, teamed up with Pentagon and Phoenix. It's going to go down uh, Sunday, October 14th, from the Melrose Ballroom in New York. Thank you again very much, Brian, for the time, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. And I will uh, uh, talk to you before. I guess I'll see you out there in January for the next Warriors.
3: Yeah, that's right, man. And then I'm going to start texting you on our birthdays and stuff and being like, oh, what a cool card <laughs> Thank you very much, Brian Cage, X Division champion. And uh, we're here at the end of the show, Justin. Um, wow, what a time it's been, the first ever Winkly. I'm glad to, to wrap it up with you. We were just talking to – I was just talking to Brian Cage there about his experience at All In, which is what I said we were going to talk about now.
1: And he was one of the un- underrated stars, I thought, of the show. I knew he was on the pre-show. But Cage really allowed for some people, including Jordan Grace. I mean, wrestling's one of those businesses where, in order for you to star, I've got to help you. Uh, Jordan Grace and Brian Cage worked so well together in that match, and, and he sold for her, and Jordan Grace looked like a million bucks. And, yeah, that show was that was the pre-show. And we sat side-by-side side at that show, that you knew then, actually the tag match before that, the Briscoes against SCU, you knew right then that crowd was going to be electric, and that takes an the show was very very good, but that took a very very good show, the crowd, and made it unforgettable.
3: Okay, well let's let's talk. I want to I want to take a deeper dive into All In here. I'm gonna unloosen my my suit collar. I'm gonna unloosen my tie here. I'm gonna pour a little cognac. Um,
1: what do you? You're wearing the you're wearing the Hogan suit again. hundred percent.
3: Um, by the way, the Hogan <laughs> suit is where I wear a red, red button down with a, a gold
1: tie. I guess that's my Hogan Some, suit. Some, someone, we were in, uh, we were in San for the, the special, the New Japan show. Mm-hmm. I don't recall who, but somebody jokingly said, Nick, is that your Hulk Hogan suit? <laughs> right. And Nick looked at him like he was crazy. And ever since I've just thought it was a funny, funny joke. I like
3: know? to wear, I like to, cause I dress nicely when I go cover events and I Absolutely. like to, I like to wear colors that match the promotion. So with New Japan, it was red and gold that day. Um, but let's, let's. As we're talking here about all in, what do you think were the things that really made all in special? What really worked, Justin?
1: The fact that it was a standalone, and they put ten over ten thousand feet. Uh, excuse me. The, the fact that it was a standalone, and they put over ten thousand fans in those seats. That's to me the biggest takeaway. It wasn't during res- – this is not to knock the Ring of Honor show with New Japan at Madison Square Garden. They sold that out. That means something. But the fact that they did this on their own – they obviously worked with Conrad Thompson and did a great job with StarCast. But this was the only show in town. This was the reason you flew out to Chicago for All In. I thought it was spectacular. I thought it was a great show. I think the biggest takeaway is that if you if you promote your show correctly – And they promoted this without even promoting a lot of the matches beforehand and they were already sold out because being the elite was just such a wonderful tool for them that they were able to make into a great show. The fact is you can make this work out there. It is is not just WWE. You can make this work. Granted, a lot of these guys are, are contractually tied up to other promotions, but you can make it work. I'll be curious where we go from here in terms of I'd love to see more big independent shows. I, I
3: think I think you are absolutely right, and you know you talk about BTE and BTE being the elite for me is the real unsung success of All In because for me
1: that sold the show that sold the show I agree yeah
3: and not enough people talk about that I don't think it, being the elite sold the show and not only did being the elite sell the show and was the re, was a large reason they were able to sell it that, that quickly All In was a physical manifestation of the end of major stories they were telling on on being the elite right. It was I wish the payoff. could
1: have been there to hear it, you know. I wish we could have done something live there, but I thought one of the one of the moments, my takeaways from from All In, again sitting sitting with you during the show, and we had a lot of fun just watching and covering and sure. and being a part of it, even small parts, you know, covering the show and, and kind of giving our perspective. But one of my favorite moments was when you turned to me with you know pure excitement because again, I think the people who like listening to you realize or understand that you love what you do. You have a passion for pro wrestling, and you just turned to me and said, "Justin, it's a season finale." And I just smiled and laughed. I mean, it was. Yeah. That was the that was the climax to that season, to that first season. It was so well done. That's what that all-in was. And I, if you don't want to give BTE credit, that's your prerogative. But to me, BTE sold that show. There
3: is no way that all of those dick druids that Joey Ryan brought out would have got that pop if BTE didn't sell that show. You wouldn't have got it. You wouldn't understand what the heck was going on with him, yes. him and Adam Page. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to a lesser extent, I think the 30 pounds of gold thing, the NWA, Dave Lagana, is very, Dave Lagana is a very smart guy. I think it was good. I was a little surprised that Cody won. I, I feel played, by the way, by several people of note that I trust that told me there is no way Cody is winning that belt. No way Cody is winning. Did you hear anything similar
1: to that? I remember telling you before the match, there's no way Cody doesn't win, Nick. So I got that one right for a change. You but, did. Uh, that, yeah, I had I had a fu- I had a funny feeling, especially the way the match. I, I I thought Cody would win ahead of time. I thought the way the match went, it reminded me a lot of And Somebody actually mentioned this on Twitter too when I was uh, live tweeting. It reminded somebody of Austin Hart from Mania, and it did. And I know Austin lost that match, uh, but I just I just thought Cody was going over. I thought the placement to me gave it away that he was going to win there. If it was the main event, I don't know, but. I just think it's too obvious. It's too in-your-face if it's the main event. But I thought, was it fourth on the card? I yeah. thought that was the right place to be well, uh, to have that title change.
3: It, it was It was a great time to do the title change. The match got all the time that it needed. Uh, the Bucks closed the show, and like the true promoters they are allowed their own match to be the one to have the time cut the most. Um, it was very poetic in a lot of ways, watching little pieces together come together. I really—I mean, that Nick Aldis-Cody match, I will never—I mean— you you hear from like you know your el- you you from your elders right from the bill apters out there that talk to you about those great nwa matches that they got to watch that was that was this generation's nwa match that th- there's no other way to look at it that was incredible to be in that audience to be in the in the press box while that was happening and covering it it truly felt the entire thing felt like a historical event it felt incredible
1: and for what it's worth for those listening I would be interested in this. It wasn't really a press box. We were in a suite. It was very nice. Sure. I loved it. Uh, it was a great deal. We were right next to the TV, like the main camera. So we were, were kind of 50-yard line-esque. But when we got there, we did interviews beforehand. We got there, and there was no power in our section uh, and no Wi-Fi password. And just you and I happened to team up on this, I believe. I, I helped get the power. You got the Wi-Fi. I did. Two very, two very important things for us because I would have lost juice – my phone would have died, you know, an hour into that show without without juice, um, and we needed the Wi Fi. So I thought we kind of uh, definitely had a nice little uh, tag team there. Um, but no, it was fun. Press press area was uh, man, maybe there were ten of us, Nick. I don't know, a dozen.
3: My favorite, think, yeah, no, there was not a whole lot of there was not a whole lot of us in there. Uh, the Wi Fi nice thing, though. the Wi Fi thing was funny because when the woman came over to give me and you, my friend, the password. All of a sudden, a lot of other press people came around, won that password there, and the the, the staff was not enjoying that aspect of it.
1: Well, I, I'm used to, and my issue is, you know, I'm used to covering, I've covered the NBA, I've covered Major League Baseball, I've covered the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Actually, I covered your Blackhawks winning the, the, the Cup. And, um, you know, you just take things for granted. Even even WWE, you cover one of their shows, you take certain things for granted, uh, you're going to have a Wi-Fi password. And I think that um, the building maybe just wasn't ready for, for the press, even though there wasn't, there weren't three dozen of us by any means, but mm-hmm. I think they were maybe a little caught off guard and even little things. We needed, we needed extra chairs and it's tough. It, that's easy to do at two o'clock on a show day. Right. It's hard to do when, you know, the countdown's on under 90 minutes, under 60 minutes. So at the building did a nice job of kind of taking care of us under, um, you know, under, Somewhat strenuous circumstances so late in the day, but yeah, that was fun. It was a nice, I, t- I love the, the atmosphere when the writers are together because again, covering pro sports for so long, that's what you do. You cover when you're in the press box, you cover with fellow media. You might get into an argument with them at the game. You might get into an argument on social media, but I think it's important to know you're going to see that person and uh, you guys can talk it out and, and develop relationships. And I, I think that's one of the fun parts too. Um, again, for mania for and mania is just so big, but for all in as well. Nick, where do we go from here?
3: Great question, uh, Justin. I I think that – well, I was going to ask you what lessons have we learned from All In that other promoters and wrestling companies should take to heart? But where do we go from here is the question you asked me, so you can answer my question after I finish answering your question. Where do we go from here? I think – I mean, All In 2, right? Double or nothing, that seems to be the the tease here from Cody based off the last Being the Elite episode. Um, It's going to be tough. It's different this time. You know, the The meta, the comparison I've been using is Woodstock. Woodstock was great. Woodstock 99 was a literal flaming ball of poo. It was people throwing feces at each other and starting fires and charging $20 for water, right? You can't just call something the same name and expect the same result. You need to have a lot of the same momentum, a lot of the same pieces. I, I had forgotten the fact that I said to you, this is a season finale. I'm glad I did say that because that's a smart thing that I said. If you're gonna do it again, you got a year to to pave new storylines for BTE, and I think that's what all into would have to be. I think it would have to be a season finale, a payoff to another season of fun organic stories that were created on being the elite. If it's not that, I don't know that it works the same way.
1: And for takeaways, I think it really spit in the face of a lot of modern day logic or, or tested in time you know, tested in true logic of pro wrestling. They did that without a TV show. They didn't need TV to sell their pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. They had this incredibly smart, well-written, funny online show. So you can – you can, if you want to be successful in this business and you're creative and you're smart, you can do it. You need interesting characters, and they have them. I mean the Young Bucks and and the cast they chose to surround themselves with it All In was brilliant. You can do it your way. You don't necessarily need a TV show every week. And I think a big deal too is – they gave people what they wanted. They gave them, I think, an Okada Skrull match that, that people were excited to see. I think they, they finished storylines in ways, the Joey Ryan one, for instance, that people were excited to see. I don't think they... They didn't do a bait and switch. They they kind of gave you what they promised. Also, they gave clean finishes. I, there, were, there were... I mean, every one of those matches, I thought, came to a fitting conclusion, which... I feel like in wrestling, they're always trying to sell you something else. Well, they sold you that show, and they gave you more. You, you got Jericho once once you ordered the pay per view as a surprise. I, I think that that's the takeaway. You need to to really invest in your in making the product the best as possible. Maybe it's a slippery slope because it doesn't always work. Maybe letting the talent have a little dictate a little bit more of the content in the right cases. I think with the Bucks, you want them working in creative. Uh, but it doesn't always work that way because not everyone's Matt and Nick Jackson. Uh, I think there are some serious takeaways, though, that this, if done right, can work.
3: There it is. Uh, I'll, give, I'll let you set that as the final word. Very well said, Justin. Uh, thank you all very much for tuning in to this, the debut episode of The Winkly. A brand-new episode drops every Thursday morning right here on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel. Uh, we we're putting up transcribed quotes uh, throughout the week from the show as well. Uh, if you want to engage the show, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to do it this week because obviously it's the first show. But next week uh, we will read some feedback at the end of the show based off of you know what we talked about here, the Arquette interview, Cage, whatever you heard on the show. Let us know hashtag Winkley W I N C L Y get it Wrestling Inc Lee Winkley uh, hashtag Winkley over on Twitter. Uh, Also, we don't have a logo for the Winkly right now, Um, and I could have one made, and Raj could have one made, and we talked about it, but I said, you know, it would be a lot more fun. Let's make a contest. Um, Let's let you guys uh, design a logo. If you guys do a a great logo, uh, we'll use it, and uh, that'll become the logo for the show, and I can't promise you anything uh, monetarily beyond the fact that you will get pride for having created the, the logo for the show. But maybe maybe we work on other stuff. I don't know. Maybe we can work out a deal. I don't know. It's like a it's like a it's like a contest with a very ambiguous prize. But if you want to design a logo for the show, I'm going to give it till the end of the month. Uh, Winkly. Uh, hashtag Winkly to uh, to submit your logo over on Twitter. And uh, if we like one of those, we'll use it. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, there it is. So logo contest. That's our first contest. Uh, I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. And Justin, where where do you want us to send people to find you? Uh, Over on the social media sphere
1: At Justin Barrasso on Twitter uh, Every Wednesday Is the Week in Wrestling for SI.com This week we open with an interview With Bill Goldberg Who talked about the possibility of coming back to a Saudi Arabia show Back to WWE in general Also I thought was very interesting Through a translator of course But Tetsuya Naito called out Chris Jericho And and kind of gave his motivation, his reasons as to why he wants a rematch with Jericho. It's not necessarily for the Intercontinental title, but he wants to beat Jericho so badly that he never returns to New Japan, which could be a foreshadow for the rest of that storyline. So I think there's some interesting facets to this week's column. I hope you enjoy. Again, I am at Justin Barrasso with Twitter. Nick, congratulations on the new position. Thank you. And I look forward to listening.
3: Thank you very much. Tune in next week, guys. We back. My guest is going to be Austin Aries heading into Bound for Glory. So it's going to be a big show for sure. Uh, Maybe I'll have another guest as well. Tune on in. Subscribe. Wrestling Inc. audio channel over on iTunes. And uh, we'll talk to you. Oh, I have a tagline. Can you believe this?
1: I can't believe it.
3: I have a tag. I I thought of this like a couple weeks ago. I'm so glad I remembered. Because I'm going to end each show with this tagline. Are you ready for this?
1: Nick. How do we wrap up?
3: Guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.
0: (laughs) Sick of being upsold at gyms?